Hey, everybody. It is time for the Nintendo Fuse podcast again. Here we are at episode 162. We've entitled this the Holiday Gift Guide 2018, and we're so excited to share all those thoughts with you along with some news. And uh, I am not alone. My name is Steve, but I am also here with Greg. Hey, Greg, how's it going? Good. How's it going, Steve? Doing pretty well. And uh, we're not only joined by Greg, we're also joined by Barry as usual. Hey, Barry. Hey, guys. Uh, Barry's got a little change of scene if you're watching us live. <laughs> yeah, yes, a little had bit. Another computer mishap, huh? Yeah, my wonderful, uh, my wonderful computer just had a Windows update, and uh, it uh, it died. <laughs> nice, nice. That's oh, it's in the shop, yeah. right? Okay, so this time maybe hopefully that it actually gets fixed and and lives on maybe. So, so all right, well, uh, if you are new to the podcast, we do want to remind you that we are a fully interactive podcast. So if you're listening or watching live, you can actually uh, head to our YouTube channel and interact with us within uh, YouTube uh, in the chat. And we love to interact with all of our uh, listeners, our viewers there. Um, if you are tuning in later, you can always send in a question to podcast at uh, Nintendo Future. And you can also interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We also have a Facebook group and uh, encourage you guys to check us out there just at Nintendo Fuse and uh, you should be able to find us and interact with us there and uh, let us know, um, especially if you're watching live and you can uh, throw your ideas about what we're talking about uh, in the chat. We'd love to hear from you, um, throw some questions as we chat about all this different stuff. And also, if you're watching later, um, make sure you do throw your comments down there as well as subscribe. If you're not subscribed to us on Nintendo Fuse uh, here on YouTube, you can do that. And also, you can subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast app. Um, just type in Nintendo Fuse and uh, you'll get every one of our new episodes at each time we launch that. Um, we'll be like every other week for our podcast. And um, yeah, we'd love to have your subscription. Hit the bell here on YouTube to be alerted every time we post new videos. All right. Uh, with all that out of the way, let's jump into kind of a recap of what you guys have been doing the last couple of weeks. Uh, Greg, what have you been playing? What have you been writing? What's been going on in your life the last couple of weeks? Last few weeks, I finally got a chance to start into the Time Carnage. It was a game that I had received, I think, <laughs> over a month ago, and I finally had a chance to give it a start. It's a little game where you kind of like stand like behind like a force field thing, and then you have um, you can use two guns to shoot down a bunch of onslaughts of rounds of zombies so kind of an interesting type of game and just only in the first couple of missions so that's a quick overview of that one um then i also got a chance to start oh moonlighter how can i forget the name of that one yeah uh i know we were discussing about it for a while in the our slack channel but i probably got around to downloading it and just giving that one a shot and that one's also a very interesting game. Um, I've talked a lot about the binding of Isaac previously on the podcast, and this is kind of along the veins of that type of game, but it has a lot more story and a lot like an actual town to interact with other um, characters. So it's more RPG like. So that that one's also been a lot of fun so far. Cool, cool. Very way we play lately playing lately, oh. if I can talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you could talk. Um, actually, I've been playing quite a bit. Uh, I've had some time uh, to really sit down and knock out some stuff that I wanted to do. Uh, so I finished Starlink, uh, and I was happy to finally put that down. Uh, and immediately, uh, I went to Diablo 3. Uh, 
and I went through that, and that's a game that I got at launch on PC, which had tons of problems. I got it again on PS3 and never even touched it. Got it again on PS4 and went through the first act, and now Switch, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. So I actually finished through the story campaign. I might go back later and do the seasons, but I'm like, nope, I at least got that done. Uh, and then I was like, all right, now I'm going to start going through some backburner bits. And I did the Donkey Kong DLC for Mario and Rabbids, which is something that I've been waiting to do for a while. I just kept getting pushed back. But I'm like, nope, I'm going to do it. And then I started playing some of the smaller games, uh, some I'm going to be doing for review. Uh, one of them is Ninjin, uh, Clash of Carrots. I have a review ready to go live here probably within the next few days. Uh, and then a couple others like Rockets, 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 Mini Metro. Uh, there's a couple others, smaller titles that I, I messed around with. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be playing a little bit more of that. But of course, uh, that all came to a close on Friday because Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee came out. So I've been playing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu uh, since Friday, and I am on the eighth, uh, getting my eighth badge right now. I'm in the middle of the gym uh, at this point, uh, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, oh, Jared, and then, of course, oh, Dragula's right. Lost. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, I've been playing a lot of Dragalia's <laughs> Lost. Still, the new events constantly coming out, and Pokemon Go, I've still been playing, uh, still doing stuff with that, too. So, can't forget the, the mobile side. Nintendo is, is still <laughs> trucking it there. Of course, of course. Um, I've actually, um, been playing very little lately. <laughs> um, but I'll talk about that for a second because I want to remember to, uh, actually talk about Jared. Jared posted in the chat that he's, uh, beat most of Spyro and he's also been playing, uh, through Let's Go Pikachu as well. Um, but, uh, so I know, I, I think maybe even on the last podcast, I had mentioned that, uh, that I was going to be traveling a lot and I just got back from a trip, uh, to St. Louis and, and I had intentions actually to, um, play quite a bit, probably, um, continue to play through, um, the Xenoblade 2, um, DLC at, or, uh, the second patch um, through Torna and then, um, some other games that I've been wanting to play. And I had a really early flight and a really busy week and a really late night flight. And, uh, guess what I ended up playing on the plane? Absolutely nothing because I was just sleeping. <laughs> so I, uh, all I've played recently, um, I played around with the YouTube app, uh, on, on the switch, um, for a little bit before I left on my trip, um, played some more rocket league, of course. Um, and then I did, uh, I also played, um, I had uh, a thing a couple weeks ago, um, with some friends and we ended up playing some super Mario party and some Mario Kart eight deluxe, um, with, with some friends and that, that was a blast. Um, really this is only the second time I think that I've been able to play super Mario party with a group. Most of the time I've been playing with just me and my wife or, or just me playing through the, the mini games and stuff. So, um, it's, it's a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to around the holiday season playing it more, um, with my family and friends and stuff like that too. So, um, so yeah, I haven't jumped into anything new, but I have, uh, been playing a little bit of some party games in between the travel and everything. But unfortunately, uh, Torna is going to have to wait, uh, until, I find some more time, um, but like right after the filming of this podcast, uh, if I didn't have to get the audio version ready for, uh, for all those listeners, maybe, maybe we'll see. Although I haven't also, I almost haven't seen my wife in uh, several days, so maybe we should put some time together, but oh, that's overrated. Yeah. Torn is way more important. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, Greg, did you get Pokemon go? Let's go. I mean, no, I'm not a 
huge into Pokemon, so I have, have yet to purchase a Pokemon game yet. The closest I get to Pokemon is playing Pikachu and Super Smash Brothers. Nice. That's, that's the closest you get. Not even, wow. not even Go on your phone? I had tried it for a month, and I got kind of bored of it, so I uninstalled it. All right. Okay. So I'm still waiting on what you guys think, you and you and Hassan, uh, Barry, and see see what you guys are thinking about the game before I I end up pulling oh, the trigger on it's, it. It's uh, you want to know what I think. Honestly, I think a lot, and I've noticed this too. In fact, people are surprised that the reception is a lot more positive than they expected it to be. People were like, "Oh my God, no random battles, no random battles, oh no wild battles." Like that was the biggest thing. And you know what? That is the, that is the one thing that's taken out. But I don't find it as detrimental as I expected. In fact, I found catching the Pokemon just as is challenging enough, especially on the uh, TV. It's a little easier handheld. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of extra trainer battles. So the battles have gotten intense. Uh, and it is yellow. It's not like, oh, this is a side story like Pokemon Snap where we're on rails. Like, no, it is the full game, all eight gyms, Kanto like you remember it done better and then from what i understand after you beat the uh elite four there's like 160 challenging trainers to go against including red and blue and i'm like there's a lot to this game and it it looks gorgeous and they've added a lot of things that weren't in the original like uh two two on two battles mega evolutions are here uh shinies are here they're all of shiny versions and the alolan versions um so there's a lot to this game it is a lot of fun and I'll be honest, I'm having more fun with it than I thought. It's bringing me back to that high school vibe when I first played Pokemon Blue. And uh, my wife got a Switch just for it, and she's having a ball, you know, even just taking out the Pokemon in the, the Pokeball Plus, uh, and, you know, carrying it around and coming back home and, and like, oh, we're going for a walk. All right, now let's see how much experience you get. Like, it's just kind of cool. It's very immersive. Oh, I'm still not sure for sure, but that's actually cool to know. And And for me... <laughs> <laughs> because I think I'm not like huge into Pokemon and I never really like went, you know, as far to like, you know, train everything and get all the special teams and different things all set up and everything. I actually uh, w- like the idea that there's no random battles um, because I feel like I'll actually make it through the game a little faster and that when we get, uh, you know, sidetracked by all this other stuff, I can actually stick to the, like the main, my main goal in the game. So that, that sounds like a good thing to me. Yeah, well, if that's if that was where your one caveat, then this game's perfect. There are things to get sidetracked with, um, like finding shinies. Uh, every time you catch the same Pokemon, you start a combo, and the higher the combo, the more experience you get, the better uh, IV Pokemon you get, and the uh, better chance of shinies. And on top of that, they actually brought IVs into the game this time, as opposed to you know, having to use third-party apps or some other way to find the IVs. Like, you get a judge system, and it tells you just how good this Pokemon is. So if you catch three, you know, Zubats, they're not all going to be the same. Uh, and that was the case even with Pokemon Blue and, and Red and Green back in the day, but we just didn't know it. So you were just happy to catch, oh, I got a Sandshrew. Yeah, I got a Sandshrew. Like, you could have caught the crappiest Sandshrew, and you had no idea and no way of really knowing unless you were really into the metagame. And this kind of brings that to the forefront. Like, hey, you can easily see this. You could scan through all your Pokemon. You can mark favorites. And he's like, oh, I don't need this. You can then send that to the Professor Oak. You get candy. Uh, and the candy is then just used to power up whatever Pokemon you want, like this, their strength or their their skills or you know their speed, their defense, stuff like that. But you can't en- enhance the IV. So if you want something like, oh, I really love Geodude or I really love Onix, 
you're going to be catching a lot to if you want the best of the best. But if you really don't care, you don't need to. You can go through the game without having to worry about that. Gotcha. That's something Fire Emblem Heroes really needs is those IVs to show you and not have to like check up on other websites just to find out what the IVs are. So yeah, well, they, that's what I said. This they brought this right to the forefront. You don't get it right at the start of the game. So like if you're looking for it right away, like you're not going to get it. You get it around the fourth gym. Uh, so about halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's still it's fine. And uh, Pokemon you get in the story or or from other like NPCs are good stats and your pikachu or eevee is perfect so like the partner pokemon you get is a perfect pokemon that's cool that's really cool yeah it seems like and like the more i i hear it it really is that that almost perfect combination of the original yellow and like everything that they learned from go and plus a little more um so it does seem really interesting i think when I, I was originally playing blue I never even knew anything about IVs or anything. <laughs> thing. Yeah, I was just exactly. I was just playing the game. Didn't know anything about that um, until much much later uh, that that was even a thing. Um, so that's that's cool to uh, to hear that they've really kind of beefed it up in those ways. All right. Well, let's get into some uh, to some news discussion before we jump into our holiday gift guide and a new segment we'll talk about in just a bit. Um, Barry, you want to want to run with the news tonight and uh, let us know what's been going on in the world of Nintendo. Well, let's, let's start with first. Uh, we could talk about uh, my, a little bit of Microsoft here. There was a little tweet that went out. Some praise. You know, this this took people by surprise. Did you guys did you guys see this? Like, did this shock you when you saw this? I I was I wasn't completely shocked. I, I think because I didn't realize who it was that I was reading it from first. I think it got retweeted by another follower. I was like, oh, cool, someone's talking about. Um, I think it's it was Civ Six. I think um, about to be on Switch and everything. And I was like, that's cool. And then I saw that um, I think that was the CEO or the head of Microsoft um, Xbox like department. I think had retweeted or commented or something like that. And then. All of a sudden, I started looking into it, and I was like, "Wow, that's." I wasn't completely shocked, but it was kind of a, a cool thing to to see. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, it, go on. I was going to say I don't think I saw the one at least in question, but I know I've seen previous praise from Microsoft, like either complimenting the Switch in some regard or being like happy to work with Nintendo and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, there was a new one. Um, this it was uh, Phil Spencer. Uh, Phil Spencer is the head of xbox the ceo of xbox uh pretty much just went out there and praised the switch uh, praised about how you know you can take it portable how you you know can take it on the plane go into these shows and how he looks forward looks so forward to to playing games on the switch and that's so cool to see you know like a lot of people think this console war is is a big deal and the truth is, it's all in the fans. You know, back in the day, we had, you know, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. And that that was, you know, marketing, of course. And it went back further. Atari and, and, and Intellivision went at it. But nowadays, they're all friends. And they all work together. And to see, you know, the head of Xbox just publicly, publicly promote, uh, you know, a, a competitor's product is awesome. And I'd love to see Nintendo do the same. Like, I, I think the world would be better if we all work together. And if, you know, they can do it, then everyone else can do it. Yeah. You know, he, he said, he's, when I, he's just took a picture. Uh, he, he actually, it was like a retweet uh, from someone else. 
um, with a picture of Civ 6 on the Switch. And the tweet was, the only Switch game that matters today. This is genuinely a dream come true. And Phil Spencer actually retweeted it, saying, when I look at this, I just see hours of my life slipping away. Would be nice to make those long plane flights seem not so long. Like, that's huge. Like, yes, yeah, Civ 6 is, a, is a originally a PC game. But here it is, the head of Xbox. I can't wait to play Civ 6 on my Switch. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's kind of piggybacks on, I think, um, some of the comments was it around E3. I think they were the Nintendo and, uh, and Microsoft, uh, um, Twitters were kind of writing back and forth together about playing, was it Fortnite or, or something like that online? Um, cause at the moment yeah. you couldn't do it with, with PlayStation and they were kind of taking a little dig against Sony at the time, but, um, it was seeing like they were, they were playing nice together at that moment. And the kind of, this is like the next step, I think beyond just saying, Oh yeah, our, our, our online is compatible. Now we're actually like, we're, we're talking like praise about the other company in this way. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely a very good thing to hear. I mean, I've been kind of going into a lot of the Christmas movies recently and obviously like Miracle on 34th Street is like a big thing that was kind of bringing up. So in that movie, they have like the, they don't want to, like initially the stores weren't really like promoting other stores and then eventually they start doing it saying it's a good tactic. And then I feel like now we're coming full circle in the video games where it was like, they obviously don't, don't like promoting each other. And then all of a sudden now it's like, they're starting to realize that, Hey, does, there's not really a console war. It's like, everyone's just excited to be a gamer. So it's very nice to see that we're not, we're kind of getting behind this, like getting rid of this hate ca- campaign type stuff. Yeah. That that's what, what's so important about this is that, you know, the, yeah, the cross-play thing was funny, taking jabs at Sony. But at the end of the day, it's all one business. And if any of the three pillars fails, not only is it bad for the other two remaining, because it's less competition and less money in the industry, but it's bad for all of us as gamers. Let's go into Nintendo land here. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Greg. I know you said you haven't really been paying attention to Steve as well. Um, but... A Nintendo branch we rarely ever hear from, Nintendo Russia. Um, the CEO, and I'm going to butcher this name, Yasha Hadaji, maybe I got it right. Uh, he was caught losing his temper on a live stream, cursing and insulting employees. Um, he has since been fired, and former Nintendo Russia employees now are uh, accusing him of blackmailing, abuse, sexual harassment, and more, saying like Nintendo of Europe kind of like looked away. And uh, yeah, this is this is pretty big deal considering Nintendo tries to maintain a family-friendly, you know, image. And here you have the CEO of one of their branches just insulting employees. Uh, what do you guys think of this? That's crazy. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard about that. Um, so, man, um, I'm interested. <laughs> like, I, I need to look into it a little more and see see what's going on. But that's that's kind of crazy. And I, what was, I mean, what has anything been done since then? Or, I mean, was he, was oh, he I mean, like, he's oh, fired. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, he's, that's he's pretty fired. much all we know. So He's fired. And now, now, now that he's gone, like, people are coming out of the woodwork like oh i didn't want to speak before or i did and it was just looked you know, nintendo of europe kind of you know like oh whatever we don't want to hear it um but but there are a bunch of accusations and i don't know how many of them are true um but you know stress sexual harassment blackmailing abuse bad temperament uh and more um they one guy who uh works at, i guess level up uh 2017 he says uh that 
uh, Hadaji grabbed him by the badge of his on his neck and uh, yanked him towards himself right in front of the main stage called him an idiot and said we won't pay uh, he won't pay him anything I like 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 this are things you don't want to see you know he then started going f-bombs and stuff like this is not nintendo this is not the nintendo we think of and i don't know who put him in this position to begin with but you know i don't know if it was just bad <laughs> like you know background checks on this guy or he was not like this originally and just the, the industry turned you know turned him into this i don't know um but it just shocked me when i saw this like this is terrible <laughs> yeah yeah i mean this is <laughs> i can't believe that this is like something that's going on like a branch of at nintendo i mean i would very surprised like employees haven't like reported it to like whatever nintendo of europe well, they or they did report it to Nintendo of Europe, and Nintendo Europe just kind of like, we don't, all right, all right, you know, whatever. And a lot of them were let go, you know. A lot of that stuff, you know, doesn't doesn't get heard, unfortunately. They, they yeah. you know, it's easier to just look away and just let things be, if, as long as things are working out. That's unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate anybody has to go through that. Um, so, I mean, of course, you know, we we hope no one ever has to deal with that kind of abuse or anything, but. But I, I hope it, you know, doesn't take, you know, a negative toll toward, you know, the the gaming company that we all know and love. You know, hopefully they don't get, you know, too much bad press for this sort of thing. Um, but it seems like it's beyond just him making poor decisions. This this is also them, like at least some of some parts of Nintendo sweeping this under the rug. And that's that's not good. No, it's not. And it's, you know, I'm just, just when I read this article, I was just picturing Reggie, like just grabbing somebody and just <laughs> F-bombing here and F-bombing there. Like that, w- that would destroy Nintendo of America's image. I mean, the reason Reggie even got that job is he got out there on stage and, you know, he was like, you know, I'm here to, to kick this. You know, like he was, you know, just pushing himself, you know in the forefront like this is somebody you want to listen to he's got authority and he's got authority in the good way this is the total opposite situation and it's just fascinating that this happened with nintendo yeah i mean that kind of goes to how we didn't even know that there was even a branch in like russia because i mean (laughs) obviously if we were located out there i'm sure we would know but i don't think the vast majority of fans even knew that there was a branch there I didn't, I'll be honest. outside of the region. It does obviously really hurts and will make them look really bad, but I'm sure they'll be able to bounce back and get some new practices in place so then this doesn't happen at another branch or something, like formalized HR policies or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the repercussions are going to be of this. Um, I don't know if Nintendo... I didn't see if Nintendo Japan or Nintendo of America have actually made a statement on it, and they might have, but there's... Uh, there's there's got to be some kind of repercussions. There's got to be some kind of structural, you know, investigation now. Like, you know, why did this guy get hired and put, it's not just, he was an employee. He was the CEO. How did he get to this position? You know, there's got to be some kind of reworkings to prevent that from happening again. I'll talk about the switch for a second. The switch has kind of broken the mold on what people associate Nintendo with in a sense. A lot of people say, well, Nintendo doesn't have a lot of games. And this really started back in the N64 days uh, when third parties started jumping ship uh, and followed into the GameCube game days. The Wii was known for shovelware and obviously the Wii U. Um, God, the Wii U. Well, 
<laughs> oh, so terrible. But the Switch has now blasted back and has reached over 1,000 games within a year and a half. Now, granted, that's total, that's physical, and that's digital. And yes, uh, the majority of that is indie titles, um, of course. But there's a lot of AAA there. There's a lot to play on the Switch. For people just getting a Switch now this holiday, there's a lot to play. And and if you have a Switch now and you're like, what do I play? There's a lot to go in there and look for. What do you guys think of hitting this milestone so quickly, You know, especially after the Wii U debacle, we'll call it? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, and and I have noticed even like we've talked before, right? most of my my switch games are on um, I've downloaded them digitally and I started out, I think, with a 128 gigabyte card, uh, maxed that out, ended up getting a 256 gigabyte card, have maxed that out. Um, and I still have I have several other games that I have um, had to delete had to delete from the switch and reinstall new ones. I have a lot more on cartridge now because I'm tired of, of you know, deleting and downloading, redownloading everything. So I've gotten, you're coming back to the light side, <laughs> although it's a pain to carry all these cartridges around, but at least they're tiny. Um, well, that could be a good thing or bad thing, uh, depending on how forgetful and how much you lose things. Um, so I think it's great that we have that many games. Um, and I'm glad that for the most part, we haven't sacrificed quality over quantity. Um, it seems like um, for the most part, I think sometimes they've, they may have rushed some, some games, but I think overall it's not the case. Um, the, the thing that honestly came to me, uh, my mind first, honestly, was, was some sympathy toward you, Barry, um, because that, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of cartridges you got to buy, and and that's more shelves you got to build. <laughs> thankfully, in this regard, thankfully, the majority of that thousand at this point is digital uh, and smaller titles. However, more and more smaller titles are getting physical releases thanks to smaller companies. Uh, so yeah, of course, I got to get them. And then there are other titles that are only released physically in Europe, or even some only in Russia or Asia that that are in or not in Russia, Germany. I mean, or, or uh, Asia, and those have English language on them so there's there's still a lot to collect and it's it's only getting worse by the day and more people jumping on the switch but yeah i mean you know that's that was the what you just said there with quantity versus uh, quality versus quantity that was what nintendo touted during the n64 days when people were like well all the big titles that you should have had are now on PlayStation. Why don't you have Metal Gear Solid? Metal Gear started on, you know, was, was on the NES. Why don't you have Final Fantasy VII? Final Fantasy was on the NES, etc. And they were like, well, we have quality over quantity. And now we've got that quality and quantity at the same time, at least for the most part. That's awesome that they fit that achievement. And it's nice to have so much variety to be able to, to, to play. I mean, I even remember, like, in the Wii U's time, like, I was playing Mario Maker for, like, two years because it literally wasn't really this plethora of games to choose from and to move on to so it's definitely great for nintendo and it's awesome to have options and i know barry will also be excited to hear that i'm probably also going to get a few more physical copies just because the that 128 gigabyte card just kind of fills up very quickly and i only have like 15 20 gigs left on it and i'm already getting a smash brothers physical edition and i even pre-ordered the physical edition for metroid prime 4 and fire emblem three houses so the trend i'm for so physical proud of you is continuing so ahead yeah. yeah greg, i remember uh, <laughs> greg greg and i have uh, kind of teamed off over the last few, di- few years about the uh, nintendo download and i remember <sighs> 
Um, and there was, there were days where we'd have like, what, like one or two Wii U games and maybe a couple 3DS games and that was it. But, uh, pretty much the entire time in the Switch's, um, lifespan so far, we've had, you know, a, a pretty decent list every week. I mean, it's usually at least 10, 12 games every week. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think I've seen a week with less than 10 titles. Yeah. I almost want to raise that to 15, <laughs> but I'm not so sure, like. It just feels like there's just way too much releasing on Switch every single week. Yeah. The, yeah. Pro- the problem is there's not enough time to play everything. Right. But at least we don't have great titles like The Letter, you know? <laughs> Remember that Wii U gem? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it uh, Hus- like a minute or something? <laughs> Hudson's in the yeah. chat and he says, uh, "Just, just gotta do get the 400 gigabyte card." Um, yeah, my 512 is not not even cutting it anymore. So. Actually, no, I, I have I don't have a 512. I have a 256, but uh, I could probably max out a 400 card um, because their games that are just gigantic. I mean, NBA 2K um, is gigantic. I have Skyrim Digital. I have uh, um, there's a couple others that are that are just gigantic games, and like can't do anything about that. Um, it's unfortunate. The, <laughs> and you know, this might be a good thing because hopefully people then take this lack of space and turn it into outrage at these third-party publishers that are being as lazy and cheap as possible and putting out these physical games that require a download um, because they don't want to pay for the next size-up card um, because it will cost them an extra dollar or two. Like, oh, no. Um, and that needs to stop because, unfortunately, then even if you do get physical, you still have to have an accompanied down- download. And uh, that, that eats up space, too. Not as much as getting it full digital, but still, it eats up space. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so in terms of the bigger news, uh, we have heard that Sony has backed out of E3 2019. Um, and we, we already saw that uh, Microsoft kind of has taken a step back in 2018. They had kind of their own event uh, sort of thing going on. Um, Nintendo for years uh, have now been doing this. Um, their digital show, so a pre-recorded kind of video that they release, but they're still present at the event. Um, but Sony has decided to to back out of 2019. Um, I'm still reading all the details. Uh, like I said, I've been traveling a lot and everything lately, so I haven't uh, really took a deep dive into all the different reasons and exactly what that means um, for Sony. But uh, let's. I, I just want to talk about the bigger picture of E3 for a bit. Um, like Greg, have you did you hear about this? And, and if so, like, what's your thoughts? And like, what do you think that this means for other companies like Nintendo and, and E3 in general? I've just been reading into it over the last hour, and I am kind of bewildered that like Sony would drop out. I mean, I it always seemed like both them and Microsoft have always had very large presences and were very into their stage shows and. Everyone's still clamoring, Nintendo, bring your stage shows back. We want like a lot that live reaction. And they still just move forward with like their digital event and the Treehouse Live that they've been set in pattern at least whatever four five years now or whatever that's been. I don't know. I think that this maybe it could be a turning point for Sony, or maybe they don't really have enough to warrant a show for next year and we'll just keep their like try Nintendo's approach with like Sony Directs and stuff like that or whatever word they'll use instead of direct, obviously. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, they could be back the following year, and they just really didn't have a lot to show next year. I mean. Yeah, it's really interesting, I think, especially because we have I've heard confirmation that the PS5 will probably launch in, in 2020. And so it seems like 
it could be it'd be a weird time to back out. But uh, I don't know. Barry, what do you think about this whole thing about Sony taking a backseat from E3? It's always upsetting. I mean, E3 is always going to be gamer, gamer Christmas. And, you know, when Nintendo stopped after, what, 2012? So like in, in 2013, when they started the Nintendo Directs, uh, it was rocky and it wasn't the best. And I still would love to see them put on a live show again. Um, but Nintendo Directs work. Microsoft, you know, going to the Microsoft Theater instead, uh, there's it sucks that they're not there at E3 per se, but they're at least on the show floor. Sony is not only not doing a press conference, they're also not going to be on the show floor. So they're really taking a step back. What does this mean for E3? I don't think it means as much as some people want to say. Uh, I think the PS5 rumors are true. And I think that Sony is kind of been the past year or so has been taking a page from Nintendo where Nintendo will focus on, you know, a few big titles. And like the, like this holiday, for example, Nintendo is focused on Smash, they're focused on Pokemon, and they're focused on uh, Super Mario Party. Uh, and then briefly, here's Torna. Uh, sadly, that should be up there as a pillar, but that's another topic. Um, but if you look at what they do, here's what we're focusing on. There's other great titles for the Switch that are coming out, but Nintendo is focused on those. And if you look at E3 2018, Sony did the same thing. Here's our four big titles. Here's what we're going to focus on these four big titles with a little bit extra stuff. And we're going to change venues for some weird reason and make it awkward. But it was a failed. But but that's what they were doing. They canceled the PSX this this November, December, because they stated they didn't want people to fly out to Los Angeles for a big show and get all excited. Oh my God, there are going to be new, you know, titles shown and they didn't have anything. So they didn't want to disappoint their fans. They canceled that. Now they're canceling this. It seems like they are full fledged working into PS five territory and we'll probably be back with a vengeance in E3 2020. Uh, like here it is. Boom. Uh, PS five, big blowout here in force on the show floor and everything but it's still going to make E3 2019 severely lacking. And I wonder, even though that may not be the true state of E3, what the ripple effect of that is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And, that, and that's what I think, you know, probably at this point, um, most people, most of their companies and everything have their, their same plans. They're going to keep moving forward. Um, a lot of third parties and indie developers and stuff like that, they, they probably already have been thinking about what they're going to do for E3 in 2019. Um, and so they're going to keep on with their plans. But, but if, if Sony's not being there has, has a, a big effect and they don't come back in 2020, that, that could have a ripple effect. And I think E3 may not have the push. I mean, they, that might've been the, the turning point. I don't know. Well, I guess only time will tell, but it, it's a big player stepping out. And um, I don't know what that's going to mean for the future. Um, Greg, do you think uh, Nintendo is the next to, to pull out completely or are they going to, uh, they're going to keep going and just do their digital event and, and still be on the show floor? I think that they'll at least continue with like what they've been doing with the digital event. I don't think they would all of a sudden just say we're not going to E3. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they certainly could follow suit. Obviously, they did stop like the big stage show production, but I, I don't know. I feel like they still like going to different events and like advertising it. And I mean, it's not only E3, but there's also like, other events that they do throughout the year, even like Best Buys and other stuff like that. And I feel like they 
enjoy letting their consumers get like hands on trying, whether it's media or just the fan that gets invited. So I'd like to think that at least Nintendo will be sticking around E3 for the time being until maybe E3 itself kind of like either goes away or whatever. But I don't know. I would think it would take Microsoft also dropping out before like it really is like really huge and to just E3 just ceases to exist. And Nintendo was asked about it. They said that it was a great bit, uh, revenue builder. It was a great place to get out there and show the games to the fans. They absolutely enjoy E3 and have no no plans of dropping out anytime soon. And what we'll see. I mean, Nintendo has made pretty strong comments about other things before, and then all of a sudden, like times change, and and they uh, they kind of make uh, additional statements that seem like they're kind of going back on what they say, or uh, or maybe they are doubling down for 2019. But then, uh, yeah, Sony continues to stay out, and Microsoft decides to to pull as well, and they're like, oh well, uh, E3 is not as important as we once thought that was, so we're not going to double down as much anymore. So. I think uh, I would be fine with that as long as they brought back Space World. <laughs> well, I think that's the interesting thing. Like, if if they do end up, you know, coming, you know, if E three continues to to go that direction, and more and more companies are um, are not going to be present there, and it and it de- and it ends up, you know, dying or taking a, a turn or a pivot, you some they need something else, right? They need something else that's going to be able to to show off their new games, their next six systems, some sort of event like that um, that that people can get some hands on time and they can kind of build up. I don't think they can only do Nintendo Directs and that's it. Um, I think there needs to be some sort of time where even the press gets in there and, and gets some hands-on uh, on their, their actual devices and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what a lot of people forget is that you know Nintendo Directs are great. And when Nintendo Directs come out, they're covered, but they're covered by the game journalists. E3 is actually covered by Time. It's covered by the New York Times. It's covered by USA Today. It's covered by a bunch of other journalists of other mediums. So it gets the attention out there to people who don't normally follow gaming news. And they're like, oh, that looks cool. I didn't know that existed. So in that that respect, it's very important. That's where I see Nintendo starting their own event at a either any other, any other venue before they would stop doing E3. Yeah, that, that's what Space World used to be. There you go. Maybe the return. We'll see. Uh, they call it Switch World. Um, <laughs> all right. That's bad. New Switch World. New Switch World. <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, we got a little movie trailer uh, this, this past week. Uh, week, two weeks ago. I can't remember exactly when it dropped. Week. Week, week ago. And... Um, we have a, a live action, uh, mostly live action. Uh, uh, Detective Pikachu is uh, is coming, and uh, Pikachu's been being uh, voiced by Deadpool, and uh, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of weird. Um, but uh, yeah, did you guys get a chance to see the trailer so far? And uh, what'd you think, uh, Barry? Let's go first. Uh, yeah, I saw it. I, I was shocked when it suddenly launched. And I thought it was great. I was really excited. I, I love the look of the Pokemon. I love the fact of how like dark and gritty um, they made the world. And I don't know if you played Detective Pikachu. Uh, it's a fun game, and it is a darker storyline. But it's still like the first mission has you go in in a in a park, and you see there's like an apom that looks dead, but it's really just knocked down. It looks like there's blood, but it's ketchup on its tail, and like like it it kind of plays with the darker tones, but it's still bright and cheery. Um, so this is just like 
Christopher Nolan, Batman, Pikachu, you know, it's really, you know, like, like did Zack Snyder get his hands on this? Like, this is really dark, but at the same time it fits and it's great. And it looks just like a lot of fun. And it, I think it's interesting that it, it pulled so much traction away from Toy Story 4 that Disney had to release another Toy Story 4 trailer the next day to get talk back on their movie. Like, that says something about the staying power of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I know that were, there were rumors uh, that Ryan Reynolds was going to be um, voicing him if there was a movie and all these different things. Um, Gray, did you actually think that was going to happen, or uh, or is that kind of a surprise to you? It was definitely caught me by surprise, and I actually haven't even watched it yet. But um, obviously, I heard kind of like I saw like, the article on our site and stuff. It is pretty cool to see like a it's a Pokemon movie. I'm sure that's gonna sell gangbusters like in the theaters and stuff just like how they have the mario movies coming too so this is nintendo's in, uh finally expanding into a another platform with their ips and it's only gonna mean good things for them so i'm going back and forth if i like the the look of the pokemon or not like part of me goes that's really cool and it's it's mostly realistic and you know and it's weird to think about like what they look they would look like in real life um, and I know, I think one of the, the famous like internet, um, artists, I can't remember his name right now, um, had a, had a history of like creating or, or drawing, painting, um, Pokemon in real life. And, um, I, I heard some rumors that he was actually brought in to, to aid and, and help the whole movie, which was really awesome that they did that. Um, but I still remember even when I saw his drawings and, and paintings and stuff like that, I always, there was this like... I don't know if it's like a, it's not an uncanny valley sort of thing because Pokemon aren't real, but it, it's almost like too real in a way that I'm like, no, you need to be just be a cartoon because seeing you in real life, it's a little creepy almost, but, but it kind of fits with the direction the movie is going. So, so part of me likes it, but part of me still thinks it's a little creepy. I don't know. If, if you want to think creepy, think about if this was actually made in the eighties with like bad puppets as opposed mm-hmm. to CGI. <laughs> It's true. It could become out like a labyrinth sort of thing, which could actually be cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sesame Street Pokemon Edition. <laughs> yeah. So it's coming out in uh, February? No. Uh, I don't see a date. Uh, there might be. I just didn't see it. I think it. it might be May uh, of 2019. So it's like a, right in the middle of all the, the Avengers movies and different things like that. So uh, it's going to be a... be a May, May 10th shows what kind of fans you guys are. <laughs> Says the person who who touche, uh, touche, to watch yeah. a minute. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be watching it. Uh, we'll 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 definitely do some some more talk as as more trailers coming out and then the movie comes out. But I'm interested as, at least um, to see where this is going you to know, have to have some. What I'm hoping, I hope that like you know Saturday Night Live does spoofs. I hope Saturday Night Live gets this trailer and has Danny DeVito voice over all the parts as Pikachu because I'd love to see that. <laughs> oh man, that that'd be great. Which, like, I, I just hope it's good as well, because part of me thinks this this could be really bad and we could have another Super Mario Brothers on my hand, on our hands. But but I don't know. I, I feel like they, they have enough desire that they wouldn't let a bad movie come out. But who knows? We'll see. All right. Uh, let's move into uh, a new segment before we jump into our holiday gift guide. And um, 
every once in a while we want to do this. Um, I, I really got th- thinking about this, uh, this kind of a segment, um, because I, I recently moved as a lot of you guys know, and, um, I have been going through some boxes and I found some, some stuff from my history of Nintendo fandom. And uh, I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I had that. And, uh, I know Greg or uh, Barry's got like this huge gigantic museum in his house pretty much. And, uh, so I was like, you know what, we, we need a show and tell sort of segment. And so, um, I talked with, with these guys and, and thought, you know, every once in a while, um, when, when there's a little bit uh, less to talk about or something like that, let's, let's throw in a show and tell sort of segment. So, uh, we're just going to go around and and show um, kind of a, a piece of our Nintendo um, collections or or something like that that uh, kind of stands out to us and and kind of show it off. So uh, let's go to Greg first. Greg, what you got for us? All right. So probably the most uh, what uninteresting things I guess that I'm sure a number of people actually got, but I'm actually kind of proud that I actually went out and got them is like the pair of Wii controllers that are. Mario and Luigi. So I had gotten these towards the end of the Wii's life cycle. Didn't barely even use them because I already had enough controllers, but I still thought it was warranting to pick it up just because they're very cool the way that they're like all green and red and have like some of their features like on the layouts of the controllers, like the buttons or whatever, like the little button, like the um, gold little like button things that hold the overalls together and stuff. It was very tiny details that made it on the on the controllers. So definitely you, very cool. Did you pull a on and get the the toad and the peach and the Bowser and the? <laughs> no, I didn't go full circle. I just left it up with Mario and Luigi as the main ones. As those are my favorite. I, I knew Hassan would get all the other ones. I yeah, just those are the cool. classic plumbers. Um, I'll go ahead and go next uh, because I I feel like. Um, that Barry's going to probably one up me naturally. So I'll just get mine out of the way. Um, but, but I do have, I have a, an old plush oh, I love uh, that. Of, of Mario. Um, I don't know when I got this, uh, but the copyright on it is 1988. Um, and this is from Acme. Um, probably not the, uh, not the fake company for uh, like, Wiley Coyote, but uh, actual Acme. Um, but yeah, he is, uh, he's well-worn. I like 1988, I was, uh, six years old. And so, um, his nose is like just permanently stuck up and his mustache is very, very flat and his hat usually flips up, but I kind of can sometimes push it down. His, uh, his overalls are just, they're just like ribbons. Um, but, uh, I, I glued them back on because they'd fallen off years ago and I glued them back on a couple years ago. And, uh, yeah, he's, his shoes are very worn and, and everything. He's, he's very well loved. I'll just say that. Um, but this was one of my, my favorite um, stuffed it's a plushie at the time i was like i probably had no idea what a plushie was i would just call him a stuffed animal it's not an animal um but um but uh one of my favorite things he's not soft at all he's like there's there's some thickness in there um i don't know what's inside but anyhow this is this is a a relic of my childhood um because i was i was stuck on on mario brothers very early on and so i uh yeah this is one of the first um non-gaming non-games that i that i got um that kind of showed how much into nintendo i was so that's mario so that's awesome very i can't i can't one-up it see that that is actually (laughs) 
Awesome. I, I love <laughs> stories like that. Uh, it actually makes me wish I had something different for show and tell right now because it's, it's downstairs what I would grab. But but uh, yeah, like you, uh, I loved Mario as a kid and I, I never had that plushie or those like Donkey Kong one. And I have always wanted them because I, I it was something about the look of Mario in the eighties before they got his modern look. It's just so funny. Uh, but no, that's awesome. Like that, that that's personal. That's well loved. Like I'm jealous. I wish I had that at night. I'm waiting for, I'm oh, waiting man. for Barry to put in a bed for it, Steve. I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't do that because it's, it's loved by Steve. I would, I would only want it when Steve was like, you know what? I don't have the room for it anymore. Um, but now nah, like, like I could never. That's that's terrible. Like to me, gaming has been my passion my whole life, and it's a lot of people's passions their whole life. And things like that are what makes us gamers. Like the love that we have that we're willing to get a plushie outside of a video game. I just realized that he's also quite flat. Um, <laughs> I think he's been stored for a little too long, so he's it's one of the reasons why he's so he's so flat right now. But oh well, it's part of the uh, part of the charm. Part of the charm. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest, even in my collection, you know, when I've gotten systems and stuff, like I've, I I have this Game Boy, um, just a Game Boy color, yeah, yellow, um, nothing big, but it, it has uh, the name of a little girl on the back of it in Sharpie. And when I got it, I got it at a garage sale. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. It has the name like all on there. And I said, you know what? I love it. I love that it has the name. To me, that is more important than anything else because it gives the item character it's not just any game boy color it's your game boy color so to me things like that are what make a collection uh the real personal stories behind it not just the items themselves all right so what do you got barry all right i guess i'll go um for those that are not watching um obviously they're listening uh we'll do a little story time so that you kind of get some idea of what i'm having and then you could always google <clears throat> but back in the 1980s Nintendo of America didn't exist. Nintendo of Japan was obviously the only branch of the company, and they wanted to try and get into the American market. And they had been trying to do little bits here and there throughout the years, but they, they had a new product out, and they really wanted to get it into the American market. That product was the Game & Watch. Very famous, we all know it. Smash Brothers coming out, Mr. Game & Watch, of course. Um, but they had no America branch, so they couldn't just... <clears throat> Let's, let's put it out there. There's no money. So they actually contacted a company in New York City called Mego, which is a toy company in the 1980s and 70s. And uh, they said, hey, we have this product. We would like to let you guys release this product if you're interested and uh, get it out to American markets. Kind of like beta testing. See how well it does. And if it does well, we're going to we're going to put our own thing in there. We're, maybe we're going to make our own branch. And if it doesn't do well, oh, well, we're going to stay in the J Japanese market. So Mega agreed, and they took on the Game & Watch. But they couldn't call it Game & Watch because Nintendo owned it. So they actually called it Time Out Games. And they were supposed to release five of these titles. And I guess after the fourth one was so successful, Nintendo said, that's it, we're done, and uh, we're going to open up Nintendo of America. We're going to put the game and watch out there ourselves. We're going to get our name out there. Um, so there are four uh, Mego timeout game and watches out there. These are official game and watches. These are made by Nintendo, but they are put out instead by Mego. And uh, the, the names have actually been changed minus one uh, from their Japanese counterpart. 
Um, and they're all different colors, which is cool. So I'm going to put this up to the camera. This one is Flagman, which is also called Flagman in Japan. It's the Game & Watch Flagman. But you can see in the top it says Timeout, and it has the Mega logo down underneath the name, which is an M. No Nintendo, however. If you do turn it over, it's you're never going to see this, but there is a... In, in the plastic is the copyright, and uh, it actually does have copyright Nintendo right there. But it's actually not the Nintendo version of Flagman. This is the Mega version. Uh, the next one they put out uh, is Exterminator, which uh, for us is a Vermin, uh, is the Game & Watch equivalent. Uh, but this Exterminator, the first one they actually put up is Tossout, uh, which is known as Ball mm -hmm. to everybody on the Game & Watch guy area and the final one is fireman uh fireman is known as just fire uh, in the game and watch but these are the four uh timeout game and watches um from 1980 um and they are uh, an interesting piece of Nintendo history because Nintendo almost, if these didn't succeed, Nintendo of America may never have come out or not anytime soon. We may have never had the NES and we most certainly wouldn't have had gaming watches over here. So I just thought that was a pretty cool piece of Nintendo history. Incredible. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I asked, where do you manage to find those? Like a garage sale or was it somewhere else? No, no, I, I had a look for these and I wound up having a contact uh, and I didn't get them all. I got three of them from from one person uh, who unfortunately did have them previously uh, boxed, but I, I couldn't find them boxed. I found one box and they were asking way too much money. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not paying that. Uh, and I, I got lucky on the fourth one. I was just like, oh my God, someone has the fourth one. I threw in a, a honestly, a, an offer. I was like, you know, I just spent more than I wanted to do on the first three, but I had to get them. I was like, will you take this? And they're like, yeah, sure. So I was able to complete the set, but it, it took a little bit of looking and a lot of patience. Um, if I wanted to just throw money down, you know, you can get them if you're lucky on eBay for whatever, but you know, with a little bit of patience and looking, you can find them. Um, but they are much rarer than their game and watch counterparts. So you can get those same four games, game and watch much, much cheaper. Um, but I just thought this was such a cool part of history, and I didn't even know it beforehand. Um, and when I found this out, I said that I have to, I have to at least get one of them. And then I, I got lucky, and uh, awesome. only four to the set. The, there was a fifth one. Judge was supposed to come out, um, but they never did. And, and they basically look the same as their Game and Watch counterparts. Exactly, they're exactly the same as the Game and Watch counterparts. Um, Mr. Game and Watch is there. Uh, I don't know if you can see, but uh, you can see Mr. Game & Watch there in toss-up. Um, they have the exact same buttons. Everything is ex the same mold. It's just the name is different for three out of four. The timeout logo and the, the Mega logo is there instead of Nintendo. Um, but that's it. They're ex otherwise exactly identical. You can put the two next to each other because it's Nintendo's mold. That's why it has Nintendo's copyright in the back. Nice. Um, it is exactly here it is the americans don't know who nintendo is so but they know mego because you're a bigger company uh at the time you put it out and see how well it does and it, it obviously did well enough but it's interesting if you go back and like look up the commercial because you could find the old commercial for it it's really weird like this weird 1980 commercial for it was, it was portable gaming that you know was was very brand new uh but it's an interesting piece that's cool we have to we have to thank Mego for for helping Nintendo become what they are today. I guess so. At least Nintendo of America, yeah. <laughs> right, taking a chance on them. So that's cool. All right. Well, yeah. Um, like I said, we won't do this uh, this show until every episode, but uh, but every once in a while we'll kind of 
take a peek in the past um, in our collections and then see what we have there and kind of show them off. Um, but that's 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 the old. Now we're, it's time to move on to the new. And uh, I think this is one of the first times, if not the first time, that we've ever done a holiday gift guide. And uh, we just wanted to take a moment to um, to talk about what some some things that have, have come out um, in the last several months and things that are going to be coming out really soon that uh, we recommend for you to get um, maybe for yourself or someone, another gamer in your life, um, especially in the world of Nintendo um, and that sort of thing over the next few holidays, um, holiday seasons coming up. Black Friday is going to be coming up this this Friday. Um, it's kind of crazy that Thanksgiving's are you know almost here, um, but. Uh, yeah, so Black Friday is a big shopping day. You know, you got Christmas and and uh, New Year's and um, Hanukkah and like Kwanzaa <laughs> and I don't know. There's like so many um, that are all around that same time. Festivus, Festivus, uh, Festivus for the rest of us as well. And so um, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, th- games that uh, games, accessories, and some other other products that uh, we'd recommend for you guys to uh, to be purchasing this holiday season. And uh, we're going to go in that kind of order. So games and then accessories and then other. So let's start out with games. Um, Greg, what's some games that you think uh, would definitely be kind of on the top of, or should be on the top of um, their list this this some, uh, year as they are shopping for holidays? Well, for the brand new Switch owners, I would definitely recommend to, for them to also make sure to get a copy of Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, and um, definitely like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I think those are three great starter games that have been, even though they've been out for a while, that they're still great games to have and enjoy. Um, something that's a lot like more recently, you probably would definitely want to do Mario Tennis Aces, um, Super Mario Party. I guess I could even recommend Pokemon Let's Go, even though I could personally <laughs> recommend it. But I would think that majority of people getting picking up a Switch this holiday season could definitely enjoy all three of those games as well that came up this year. Cool. Cool. Barry, any, uh, any additions to that or you want to kind of, uh, hit any of those a little, a little more? Uh, yeah, I mean, all those are, are basics. And I think, I think the majority of switch owners either own the majority of those games, or if they are getting a switch this holiday, those are most likely the games are going to play first. Those are the, the must haves, uh, the ocean, the blue ocean games or whatever the Nintendo calls, what I would recommend is going a little bit uh, on the, the niche side. Um, obviously, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, especially Torna. And I say especially Torna just because it's it's a great gateway. And uh, I think that game needs way more love than it's getting. Uh, and I, I can't recommend it enough. I really can't. If, uh, if you're interested in uh, another game, I do recommend Starlink. And right now, uh, as we're filming this, we on Black Friday is this holiday. Or this this Friday, literally, uh, I think Best Buy has it for thirty five dollars. The starter pack, like, it's so worth thirty five dollars. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even a, a matter of discussion. It's such a good game, and I don't think it's going to do well because of the toys of to life. And I think that's a real shame because the toys are a fun aspect, but definitely the gameplay is a fun aspect. So I definitely think um, people should get that. And uh, the third game I would say would be uh, Diablo three. Uh, it's just it's a just a great game. Uh, the the Switch version I think is probably the best simply because it can be played offline. Uh, you don't need to worry about having an internet connection, and uh, there's a lot of content there, a lot of bang for your buck. And even though it is an old game at this point uh, by video game standards, it's still incredibly fun. And 
you know, just being able to play it portably is just, just a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great games. Um, I, I, I echo what you guys have said. Um, also want to add in, um, it's not out yet, but of course we're going to recommend smash brothers. Um, it's going to be great. So it's not going to be out by black Friday. Um, but you can get it soon after and, uh, still before most of the major holidays and, uh, any, any person you're buying, um, games for, if you, if you get them smash brothers, they will love you forever. Um, if you bought me smash brothers, I would love you forever. Uh, so it's, it's definitely going to be a, a must buy for sure for the holiday wow. season. Sixty dollars buys your love forever, Steve. Huh? That's all it I takes. Gotta, I got to spend sixty dollars now. <laughs> oh, Barry, you already have it. Um, all right. So, anyhow, let's move on. Uh, I wanted to mention, um, Greg. I think you mentioned Mario Kart. Um, there is a uh, Mario Kart bundle that uh, Nintendo is coming out. So, if you or has, uh, is or had will soon i think it's already available um but you get the the system a dock and everything with mario kart for 2.99 so it's basically mario kart for free um and so if you have not gotten a system yet i highly recommend that bundle um would be a great uh one to get they also have ones for uh, mario tennis aces and fortnite i think are the only two other ones uh, mario party has a has a collection with some um uh, Joy Cons in it, so there's a lot of bundles out there that are be really it's cool. Also, well. the Diablo Three bundle at GameStop with the system, with the special system, and the Pokemon and the Smash Brothers systems as well. Right. So, yeah, if you don't have a, a system itself, um, you want to get those bundles. There's there's great bundles out there um, this year. And uh, the only other thing I'd add. Um, is an eShop card um, because there are so many games. We talked about this earlier um, that are digital only. And um, I, I have so much fun um, in terms of holidays. I, I play a lot of games with my family and my friends over the holidays. And so games like Super Mario Party and and uh, Mario Kart and stuff like that are great. But also Jackbox games. I've talked about those a lot. Um, those you can get with an eShop card. So if you have someone that does prefer digital downloads or just wants to, you want to get some of those other games, um, an eShop card is, is a great thing to pick up for them so they can kind of pick their own games and, and download them um, from the eShop. So in terms of games, uh, we'll talk more about uh, this. We're going to have a post out really soon um, with more of our um, our thoughts behind this, but uh, you can check that out very, very soon on NintendoFuse.com. But let's move in uh, from games to now accessories. So the Switch, the 3DS, um, a lot of different accessories out there. What are the must-have uh, purchases for accessories for uh, Nintendo systems this holiday season? We'll go to you, Barry, first time. For accessories, I am definitely have to say, if you do get Pokemon, get the Pokeball Plus. Um, not only is it really neat to play with the controller, but it's great to be able to just take your Pokemon for a walk and, and you know come back afterwards and get a bunch of experience and it, it adds to the immersion so much. Um, it's well worth the price and you can get a bundle to save, I think $10 with the, with the game. And if you get the Pokemon system bundle, you get a Pokeball plus with it. Um, another thing I would definitely suggest is a pro controller. If someone's new, <clears throat> they haven't played uh, the switch yet. Definitely get them a pro controller. It's well worth the money. That controller is amazing and usable in so many games. And uh, it's it's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> I've used that controller for so many hours, and it it lasts I think like eighty hours on a charge, and it it just keeps trucking. Uh, the last thing I would recommend would probably be if you're getting Smash, you got to get the GameCube uh, controller and the GameCube adapter. 
um, because that's the best way to play Smash. Uh, yeah, there's a Smash Bro controller, but play it with a GameCube controller. So that's what I would recommend. Cool. Greg, you got anything to add to that or uh, want to reiterate anything? Yeah, um, he did have one of the items. The Pro Controller was also on my list. When I do play on the TV, it's definitely one of the go-to controllers that I actually enjoy using a lot because it's incredibly comfortable. But um, Some of the extra things I was <clears throat> going to add in, these are more for the person that also is going to be carrying around their Switch a lot more. I would also consider an extra AC adapter as a number of things to get so you can charge it off without having to use the dock. It makes it a lot easier for travel and vacation. I would also still recommend getting like a 128 gigabyte SD card, the micro SD card that's come down a lot in price since the Switch has been out and it can, you can easily, you've heard me and Steve already fill it up in like a year. So, um, that's more for full title games, but obviously this is much supportive for all those smaller games that you are definitely going to enjoy and want to try out. Um, I would also recommend a screen protector. I know a number of people might not be aligning their switches properly into the dock and have scratched it. Thus, so you can never go wrong with a screen protector. And then, of course, one of the highlights is an actual carrying case because it makes it a lot easier to travel around with it when it's all nice in the case and kind of shows off that you can pick your favorite game like Zelda or Mario is the case design and can't go wrong with that. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I agree. The carrying case, it's, this is how I carry mine around. Of course, this is a limited edition uh, Zelda one, but there's a bunch of other great cases out there. Um, also want to echo what you guys have said about the pro controller. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite controllers um, that exists. Um, and there's that smash brothers special edition one. If you can get your hands on it, that'd be really cool to get. Um, but I'd also say any additional dock. I know Greg's mentioned uh, an extra power adapter. Um, if you think you might bring your switch around with you, um, take it over to other people's houses, or maybe you just have multiple TVs set up in your house. Um, I recommend getting a, an additional dock um, that you can also get if you get it, um, you know, in the set, it comes with a power adapter as well. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend getting an additional dock if you think you're going to be, you know, traveling a lot with your, your system within your own home or, you know, taking it to friends' houses and things like that. It helps. I don't have to unconnect, you know, disconnect all my, my stuff on my main TV to take my switch and hook it up to someone else's house because I have an additional dock that's like ready to go. Um, I also have, I have, I have three docks um, because I have another one set up in my office area for like streaming and it's already set up and ready to go as well. And I have that, that third one that's kind of usually in my bag, kind of ready to go um, when I take it to someone else's house. So that's, that's always a, a big thing. Um, and then thirdly, and finally, I would recommend um, uh, a pair of headphones, um, something, especially if you're, you're on the go a lot. I know Greg plays the switch mostly on the go and, you don't want to annoy everybody else on the, the plane or, or train or car or wherever you're, you're going to be uh, playing. And so a good quality set of headphones is going to be great. Um, there's a lot out there. I just reviewed the uh, HyperX Cloud Mix um, headset, which is really cool because you it works via Bluetooth and wired cable. And so you can uh, play on your Switch by plugging it in, but you can also use that same headset with your phone or your computer or whatever. It's just very versatile. So you can check out my review of that. But something like that would be great because um, you need a good some good audio, uh, especially if you're playing on the go. All right. So that's games, accessories. 
we're going to talk about some other things. So maybe there's some other things that don't necessarily fit in that games and accessories category. Nintendo fans out there, they're going to need uh, some other stuff like the plushies and like the other things that we've, we've uh, been talking about from gaming past. Um, so I'll go first this time in terms of uh, the other category because I have I have some hands-on stuff here. Um, actually, first, I have some feet on. This may be weird, but I'm going to raise up my foot here. Uh, there you go. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey socks. Um, and uh, as not as awkward because I have this in my hands, um, there are some uh, other Mario socks that I got. Um, these have... Like uh, old school Super Mario Brothers design on there as well. I have some uh, Zelda ones. They're dirty because I just wore them the other day. Apologize for that. Um, but uh, there's a lot of really cool socks out there. I got these at Target. I think they're they're at def- several different places, but these are from Target and they're made by BioWorld. So, um, but they are they do have the official Nintendo seal quality on there as well. Um, so I'd recommend some sort of clothing, sort of stuff like that. So there's just some socks. Socks are awesome, uh, especially right now. A lot of people enjoy having some fun socks. And uh, Target also has um, a lot of different uh, artwork. So you guys could have probably seen this if you've been watching the podcast. Um, I have a lot of my Nintendo art and stuff on the the wall. Um, some Zelda art and some Mario art over there in the corner and stuff. Um, these are recent pictures that I picked up uh, at um, Target that I haven't got a chance to put on the wall yet. But um, there's a Zelda one. Um, and then I do have two other ones that are kind of a cool design of Mario and Yoshi. Uh, if you can see those. So those uh, are also really cool. They're they're available at Target and some other places as well. But um, yeah, if, uh, if you have a Nintendo fan that, that loves to decorate their walls, their office, their room, stuff like that, um, artwork and things like that would be a, a great thing to pick up for them as well. So let's see you, Greg. Anything else? Yeah. Um, funny enough, I was also at Target. <laughs> uh, one of the things that um, I did find that we picked up was an actual Mario ornament. So it's actually on my Christmas tree right now. Um, I know I'm one of the protesters that put up the tree before Thanksgiving, <laughs> but um, I didn't bring it in to the office to show it off, but it's definitely like, a, you know, like Mario or Luigi as a little figurine as an actual ornament to put on your tree. So, of course, why not extend the holiday season by putting a little piece of uh, Nintendo on your tree or ornament displays? So that was definitely one thing. Second thing, as it's getting colder outside across the United States, I have like a Mario blanket. So they can keep you warm while you're playing Switch on the couch or something with friends, family, whatever. So that would definitely be a very cool thing to get as a gift. So, yeah, then I still echo all the clothing. I mean, I have like Mario shirt on, so definitely can't go wrong with clothes, T-shirts, socks, whatever. So hats they make it all these days it seems <laughs> cool uh barry what do you got ah well like, like you guys obviously clothing but uh i went a little different direction uh, i recommend uh jack specific has the world of nintendo figures they're two and a half inch or four inch uh figures as this two six inch as well and um, i've noticed 
they've you know the several ways have come out obviously for years now and they've been brought back like gamestop has like a splatoon pack with the inkling into the squids and they've got like the mario pack with the six inch bowser versus the four inch mario and there's a ton of these characters there's zelda characters there's pikmin characters there's donkey kong characters mario characters splatoon characters it's just and Star Fox has characters. You know, you can get the whole team in four-inch figures. That's a really cool. Uh, Toys R Us used to have them all the time. Now you can still get them at GameStop. You can find them online. Um, just if you have somebody who likes little collectible figures, they're very inexpensive. Uh, you get a lot of bang for your buck and show some Nintendo love. So those I definitely recommend. Uh, another thing you mentioned plushies, uh, while it's not the old plushies like yours, uh, Build-A-Bear has some really excellent plushies. They do have a Super Mario series and they have a Pokemon series. Uh, I have several of the Pokemon for my wife and they are awesome. They're big. They're, they're just, they're fluffy. And if you get them online, they have like the actual Pokemon sound effects. Uh, just, just a ton of fun. Uh, they're not cheap, but the quality is there. So, uh, I definitely recommend those for any Pokemon or Mario lover that just, love stuffed animals or, or plushies. And uh, finally, it's, this kind of sounds similar to the first one, but Amiibo. Amiibo. I still, you know, I think Amiibo are going to get harder to find uh, after Smash hits that crest and, and dissipates, and there'll be less releases, and, you know, Toys R Us is gone, so it's harder to get them. And while there's new shipments of the older amiibo they're smaller shipments and they're only getting one or two characters here one or two characters there uh and especially with smash coming out the functionality is there um i I, even if you don't have a switch or you just don't like to play with amiibos they're great just to display just as figures to display so i think if someone's interested in in any of those series i think you should look into them now uh, before they disappear from store shelves Cool. Barry, are the uh, the Build-A-Bear, do they have um, Nintendo clothing as well for those? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I knew I'd been holding on to that $10 gift card for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, in fact, uh, I'll, I'll put one on now. We have several. We've got uh, – there's, there's more than we have. Is this Char- Charmander, Bulbasaur, uh, Vol- both Vulpix, Pikachu, uh, Eevee, uh, although I think the ones we have. But there's also a Meowth, a, a, a Squirtle. There's – Oh God! I think there's there's another one coming out. Oh, there's so many. Uh, okay, I'm just getting delivered here. So you, <laughs> this, so here we got Bulbasaur. You can see the size. Oh I mean, my God! Big, right? <laughs> and like Bulbasaur's got this cute little scarf, and it's it's like a leaf scarf with uh, Pokeballs on it. This, so that that's like Pokemon themed. Um, and then then we got here. This is the Alolan Vulpix, which again you can see the size. They are uh-huh. big, and uh, let's see if it'll play. I probably can't do the the feet thing. Uh, it's it's being a pain in the butt for me. I, I never. There we go. <laughs> so you hear like it's actually like the Pokemon sound effects, uh, you know. So it's it's really cool that they did that. And that that sound effects online exclusive, but but they do they come up with multiple outfits too. So like if you have a Pokemon lover, like this is a no brainer. Uh, they're well worth it. They're really good quality. And uh, if there's a problem, like this one actually came, and the sound effects that came in it were chirping noises. It sounded like a bird. Uh, I contacted Build-A-Bear, and they're like, yeah, we're going to send you the right chip, bring it to a Build-A-Bear local, and we'll, we'll fix it for you. So uh, they were really good with that. Um, but yeah, I totally recommend them. They're huge. They're, they're, and if you have a kid who loves Pokemon, uh, or Mario, like I said, they have like a Mario, Luigi, uh, Bowser, Yoshi, I think 
Um, but if and they're weird because they're like bears as Mario. The Pokemon actually look like the Pokemon. But if you have a, a kid who likes them or an adult that likes them, my wife loves Pokemon. So it was like, OK, here you go. You know, well worth it. Yeah, I, I knew that they uh, they came out, but I hadn't actually seen them. So that that that's amazing how big they are. That's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're North Speeds will be heading this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it, I used to live in a town that had a build a bear in town and it was it was kind of dangerous. And sometimes I walk by there and like is I, I got my wife. Um you know, a couple of years ago for Valentine's Day, we just we went there and build a bear together and, and everything. And it's just a normal one. But uh, but this, this little personal, but um, she designed and she picked it and she kind of like clothed it like me. And so that was kind of like the idea Aww. was like, it's from me. She wanted it to kind of look like me. Um, but we were looking for some like gaming clothing because we're like that's what I wear all the time. I'm always wearing like some sort of graphic tee with like with games or something like that on it. And so we keep looking over and over, like you got to find some, some good gaming clothing for well, a bear. The first one we got was the Pikachu and the Pikachu one came with a t-shirt that had a Pokeball on it. And then it was also the one with the 20th anniversary for Pokemon uh, logo. They had that as a special shirt. Um, they don't have like Mario themed or anything like that because it's, you know, Pokemon company, but it's still like Pokemon themed outfits. And uh, for the Mario ones, I think it's uh, you know obviously the overalls, the, the mm-hmm. Mario outfit for the bears. So maybe you can get that and dress as Mario. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so that's cool. So like I said, um, make sure you check out NintendoFuse.com to be um, to to see the, our full holiday gift guide that'll be posting uh, in a couple days uh, later this week, um, and we'll uh, post all about the stuff that we talked about and more. Um, but uh, before we wrap up, we do want to address one quick listener question um, anonymously sent in. Um, Remember, you can also send in your questions at podcast at nintendofuse.com. Um, send them in via Twitter or Facebook. Um, but this question is specifically at the Game Awards, and they say, how do you feel about this year's Game Award nominations? Um, so if you are unfamiliar with the Game Awards, um, Jeff Keeley um, has kind of developed these over the last several years. Um, last year, Nintendo had a lot of uh, presence within the Game Awards. This year, not so much. And that was that's my initial thoughts. It was like, wow, they did not get much love this year. Um, Greg, what do you think about the Game Awards nominations? Did you get a chance to, to look over them yet? Yeah, there's definitely a major lack of Nintendo games on this list. Even games are like exclusive to Nintendo. So, yeah, that's kind of a big downer. I mean... Last year was kind of understandable. They had Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild. Those are huge, huge, huge games that are well-deserving of their awards. But I guess they didn't quite uh, have a lot of releases this year, and we've even kind of talked about that. I think it wasn't like a huge, huge hitter this year outside of now Smash, but Smash is releasing a little bit after these are going to be done. So it didn't make this year's uh, lineup, obviously, so. Yeah, I I know uh, Barry thinks differently. There there should be some games on there for sure. We've chatted a lot with this uh, off off podcast a little bit. Um, Barry, what's your thoughts? I mean, there's there's a couple games I know that you're uh, disappointed that didn't make that list. Uh, what's going on? Uh, well, I'm trying to think how to put this. It <laughs> it was no way to replicate last year. I mean, we knew going into 2018 that there was no way that Nintendo could deliver 2017 again. Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I mean, these are just amazing, amazing games. And they hit it out of the park their first 
their first nine months, not even their first year. They were only, you know, Switch is only out for nine months uh, in 2017. And 2018 was definitely a slower year. It still had some great games, you know, with, with Kirby and Mario Tennis and, you know, Super Mario Party and obviously now Pokemon and, and Smash coming out. Uh, and, uh, you know, 2018 was definitely filled with a lot of ports, too. You had Hyrule Warriors, Bayonetta 1 and 2, you Donkey Kong Country. Uh, so it was definitely lackluster in that department. So it doesn't surprise me to see Nintendo get less love this year. What surprised me is that Nintendo practically got no love this year. And I understand Smash isn't qualified. Smash is going to be qualified for next year. And I think Pokemon Let's Go might have missed that mark, too. So taking those two out, those are the big flagship titles for the year, it definitely hurts Nintendo. What bothers me is that the best game to me from last year qualified for this year because it came out in December and got completely snubbed. Now, I understand they weren't going to nominate Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for Game of the Year because they need to pander to the people that buy 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 million copies of games. And that's going to be your Red Dead. That's going to be your God of War. That's going to be your stuff like that. But to get snubbed in the RPG category is just downright insulting, especially with Octopath there, which is a great game and I absolutely love, but it doesn't hold a candle, in my opinion, to, to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And even if Xenoblade didn't win, just at least a nomination in the best RPG category, Monster Hunter World got put in there, and that's not really an RPG. That That's an action-adventure game. That's not an RPG. And that's just insulting and what makes it worse is nintendo is on the board how did nintendo let this fly how did nintendo not say whoa wait a minute here this is this is just wrong so outside of the family category i believe and and rpg with octopath i don't think nintendo really doesn't have like any presence on this show and that is a true true shame yeah um however next year is going to be amazing because Metroid and, and Pokemon and, and, and you know, Bayonetta 3 and, you know, Fire Emblem and all these games on top of Smash Brothers, on top of Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, so next year is going to be amazing for the Game Awards. But this year, I mean, I think most Nintendo fans are only going to be watching to see if Reggie comes out and pulls another announcement like they've been doing. Uh, but if Nintendo doesn't even tease any announcement, there's almost no reason for a diehard Nintendo fan to even watch the awards, which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last year I was, I was pretty much glued to the the thing the entire time. And it's, it's a long show. Um, and uh, I was glued to it the whole time because there was so much excitement. And and this year I'm like, I probably have it on the background and I'll pay attention if, if Reggie comes out and announces something cool or something like that. But other than that, I'm, I'm not as interested. And, and I think not only because of there's not being a, as much Nintendo presence, but I think just overall it seemed like the same like seven or eight games were over and over and over and over again. And they're not bad games at all. They're great games. They deserve nominations, but it just seems such a, like a narrow field this year. And uh, I think that's what I, I'm most disappointed in. And maybe maybe that's pretty you know um, you know representative of what games came out this last year but I, I feel like there there's more out there that people were talking about but they just kind of get overshadowed by these these seven seven or eight ones that keep rising to the top over and over again the ones that do sell you know 18 million copies and then like that's that's all that gets the attention in, at the at the awards well, I mean, you, you have a lot of multi-platform games. Red Dead Redemption, Assassin's Creed, and multi-platform games will almost always outsell 
an exclusive title, simply because it is just a bigger install base when you have multiple consoles. That being said, Sony has three out of the six Game of the Year nominations for exclusive titles. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. How come Nintendo doesn't even get one? Like, what the hell? Just one. Like, and Xenoblade could have easily been that one. You know, I wasn't expecting Kirby. I wasn't expecting Super Mario Party to be up there, you know. But I would have even accepted Octopath, you know, even though it was Square. But that was a big Nintendo exclusive being in that. But it wasn't. It was nothing. And it's, uh, I mean, it's (laughs) so weird. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we watch a lot of the other award shows, whatever, like movies and like the music awards and stuff. And it, this just kind of seems like it's getting more tailored towards that, towards like the same like seven things that are like in like every category. It's like, oh, this actor is from like this movie and he's the best actor. And then the best actress is also from that movie too. It's like, it seems like as yeah. soon as you get one thing that does well, it just has to excel across like pretty much every category that it could possibly be entered in. So, yeah, there's movies that are clearly like fishing for an Oscar that you could tell they come out and they're like, this movie is clearly either trying to get an Oscar nomination or is going to be tailored to the Oscar community where I'm watching like, how come infinity war is not best movie? Like what the heck did you guys not see that movie? Like what's wrong with you people? That was totally better than anything else you're throwing out there. Yeah. That's my, usually my thoughts. Like how the heck did Wreck-It Ralph two not make it in the best movie? I mean, clearly the a winner there. So, <laughs> Uh, that's coming out. It's yeah, so yeah. Nice. That's, yeah. Friday we're going this weekend. Nice, nice. I think we'll be well, going Thursday well. actually, but we're going this week. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about that in our our next podcast for sure. It'd be a be a topic. Little tease for next time. Um, hey guys, before we wrap up, let's talk about what you're looking forward to, other than Wreck It Ralph two, um, which I think we're all looking forward to, to going to see that. Um, what are what are some games that you're looking forward to uh, playing over the next couple of weeks? Uh, let's go to you first, Greg. I actually still haven't played Mega Man 11, so that's been on my list, and that's even on the list of uh, Game of the Years for one of the categories I saw. So I still got to give some time and love to that game. But I know Miss Explosion Man, I think I've heard some stuff about that one, but I think that might be the only title that I could actually say that I'd be interested in. Yeah, there's kind of in that, that season before before the end of the year push, like, you know, Smash Brothers is going to be just over the next couple of weeks. So, um, but uh, there's not a whole lot um, of the, what is coming out, Barry, you got anything that uh, you're particularly excited about for what's coming out? Nothing because anything coming out, I'm not going to be able to play anyway, because I will be uh, at the in-laws for a week and a half. So anything coming out this week and next week, I'm not going to be here to, to receive. So I will be instead looking forward to playing some backburner games on my switch. Uh, mainly I'm looking at dead cells and ease eight as well as finishing Pokemon. Uh, those are the main draws. So hopefully by next podcast, I could say, yeah, I played them and beat them uh, or at least have close to beat them. And, you know, it will tide me over until December 7th. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, I think the uh, there's not a whole lot. Um, I, I used to be a big R-Type fan, um, so R-Type Dimensions, I think, is coming out next week. I, I might 
look at that. Um, also, this world, or sorry, this war of mine, um, I think is having like a special edition or complete edition or something like that coming out uh, soon. I didn't play it on PC before, but I knew it got a lot of critical acclaim um, because it's a little different type of a game. Um, you know, looking you know at this this idea of like you know at the aftermath of war and, and stuff like that. So I'm interested in that because of the the previous acclaim that it got. Um, so I may end up uh, getting that for Switch as well, just so I could have that experience because I don't think um, the Steam version um, is on Mac. And so I never got that chance to, to play it because I don't have a PC to, to game on. And so um, I may end up getting it uh, on Switch as well, just to kind of have that, that different type of game experience um, that kind of evokes some different emotions motions and, and has, you know, a, a different kind of style than, you know, your Zelda and your Mario and, and your stuff like that. So, so did, did you, either of you guys play this war of mine? No. no. Okay. So yeah, I, I might, I might end up checking it out. And uh, if so, I'll report back um, in a future podcast and what I'm thinking about it and everything. So, um, again, want to remind you guys to subscribe, um, hit that bell, especially on YouTube, uh, to be alerted by all of our new videos and podcasts, live streams, all that stuff. If you have not subscribed to us on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, make sure you do that. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, join our Facebook group as well. And um, make sure that you do send in a question. You can send it into podcast at nintendofuse.com. Our next podcast is going to be, I believe, on December 2nd. Um, so it would be two, two episodes away from our Game of the Year uh, show. But So uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So it's going to be on the very almost eve of, uh, of Smash Brothers. Um, so it would be a lot of... A lot of speculation about what's going to happen, what we're going to do for Smash Brothers and things like that. Uh, is it on the, th- the third? Yes, it is on the third. So December 3rd. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that. And uh, like I said, hit that bell so you can be alerted every time we go live. Uh, Greg and Barry, thanks again for for, t- for joining us for another podcast. It's been great. My pleasure. Always it was pleasure. great. Yeah. Love being on here. Yeah, and thanks for being in the chat. We had uh, several talking tonight in the chat. Uh, make sure you join in live uh, if you can next time and join us uh, in the chat so you, we can uh, read your, your comments uh, live and you can join in the conversation. But uh, until next time, happy gaming and uh, have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving, too. Yes. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>